Welcome to All Places Together. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. Here's a story for you. A story called, It's a Protest. The crowd was large. Seeing that many people occupy the streets was unsettling. Hearing people talk about it was very different than actually seeing the people fill the streets. The chants were loud. Voices joined together to share the hope that a better day would come, that the oppressors would be cast out of power. The sun was hot. Bodies sweat as they drew towards the center of the city, unsure of what they would find there. It was the counter-protest to the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia in 2017. The focus was the removal of a Confederate statue and other historical markers glorifying white supremacists. It was also the Sunday before the Festival of Unleavened Bread in Jerusalem, Israel in 33. The focus was a young brown-skinned rabbi named Jesus, who was believed to be the Messiah, the one to deliver the Jewish people from the hands of their Roman oppressors. The Christian tradition now calls this day Palm Sunday, Many churches read a version of this story from one of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, each year. I grew up in a tradition like this. Each Palm Sunday, we would be given palm branches to hold up as we heard the story. We would join our voices in repeating the chant of the crowd, something like, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. And then for the rest of the service, my brother and I would poke each other with our palms as secretly as we could, always ending up in one of our parents confiscating our palms for the rest of the worship service. But I digress. Yet even as a child, I understood that the crowd surrounding Jesus that day was bigger than just my congregation. And at a certain point, I began to imagine it like the crowd at a Disney parade. Like that was the biggest parade I could think of. Like Jerusalem was a big city. There would have been a lot of people and they would fill the sides of the streets and like happily cheer for Jesus. Like I had cheered for all of my favorite Disney princesses. But in my adulthood... I have come to realize that Palm Sunday is not at all a Disney parade. It is, in fact, a protest. A high-stakes protest that led into a politically surged week, dangerous for many. A week that ended in the state-sanctioned execution of Jesus. And the closest experience I have to Palm Sunday is not my attendance at a parade. It is, in fact, my participation in the counter-protest to the white nationalists in August of 2017 in Charlottesville. 
Let's turn to the Gospel of Luke to get some context and hear Luke's version of the story. For Luke, Jesus' ministry begins and ends in Jerusalem. As a child, Jesus is taken to the temple in Jerusalem to be presented, and sacrifices were offered by his parents. His mother Mary would have also gone through a ritual washing to cleanse her from the labor of giving birth. You see, the temple was the center of Jewish practice. It was the main place that people of Jewish faith would come to make sacrifices, participate in religious festivals, and perform other rituals. While there were other smaller gathering places for Jewish people in other smaller cities and towns, this temple in Jerusalem was the most important religious site by far. Jerusalem was also a political center as well. The areas that we now call Palestine and Israel were being occupied by the Roman Empire, and Jerusalem was one of their ruling centers. The ancient kingdom of Israel that had been ruled by kings like David and Solomon had been overthrown several hundred years ago. Various empires had ruled over the lands since then, and the Romans were the current victors. The Roman Empire taxed its subjects heavily. They practiced a religion that was centered on their emperor. He, patriarchy, y'all, he was at the top and everyone was below him in a pyramid structure. And Jewish people paid some special taxes or fees to get out of the religious obligations of worshiping their emperor. But because they didn't convert, they were seen and treated as less than Roman citizens, as less than people in some situations. For generations, Jewish people had held on to the hope for a Messiah. Messiah means anointed one. They would hoped for this person, a man, again, patriarchy, right? They hoped that this person would be a political and military leader who would overthrow their oppressors. They dreamed of freedom and being able to reestablish a Jewish nation like they had had generations before. As the crowds around Jesus came to see and understand his power, they began to hope that he was this Messiah. So when Jesus enters Jerusalem to prepare for the festival of unleavened bread, also called Passover, he is welcomed into the city by a crowd. I'll read now from Luke chapter 19, verses 28 to 39. I'm reading from the Common English Bible. As Jesus came to Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he gave two disciples a task. He said, go into the village over there. When you enter it, you will find a colt there tied up, a colt that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying it? Just say, its master needs it. Those who had been sent found it exactly as Jesus had said. As they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, its master needs it. 
They brought it to Jesus, threw their clothes on the colt, and lifted Jesus onto it. As Jesus rode along, they spread their clothes on the road. As Jesus approached the road, leaning down from the Mount of Olives, the whole throng of his disciples began rejoicing. They praised God with a loud voice because of all of the mighty things that they had seen. They say blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heavens. Some of the Pharisees from the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, scold your disciples, tell them to stop. Jesus answered, I tell you, if they were silent, the stones would shout. Did you hear the words that the people cried out as Jesus came into the city? I'm going to read them again. Blessing on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Now in the 21st century, when we talk about Jesus being King, we're using it as a metaphor, right? As a way of characterizing our relationship with Jesus. When I say, Jesus is my king, I'm not saying that Jesus is the political head of the nation in which I live. However, in Jerusalem, at Jesus' time, claiming a king other than the emperor was exceedingly dangerous, near treason. There was not room for metaphor when it came to the Roman Empire. You were either for it or against it. There's like next to no room in between. So everyone who was addressing Jesus in this way could have been seen as a political radical. They put themselves in danger, and their words put Jesus in even more danger. It's not a parade. It's a protest. In the days that follow, Jesus teaches and preaches messages against the empire. He predicts the destruction of the city. He shares a final meal with his friends. He is betrayed into the hands of the state by one of those friends. And Jesus is dead on a cross by the end of the day on Friday. His entrance into Jerusalem was political. The whole week was political. His death was political. The gospel message that Jesus proclaims is political. So this whole week, and in some ways, Jesus' whole life was a protest. A protest against the empire and every force that seeks to oppress and marginalize. So as I reflect on my own life, my own faith, my experiences, this is why I claim that my participation in the counter-rally in Charlottesville is the most Palm Sunday thing I have ever done. Yes, I've been to some other demonstrations and marches, but none reached the size, scope, and fervor of that particular day. It was loud. It was crowded. It was hot. I felt nervous. At times, I was scared. Nevertheless, I knew I was exactly where I was supposed to be that day. I knew that God was uniting me with the others who were there to speak the gospel truth into a broken and hurting world. 
God's voice spoke to me through the sermons, songs, and speeches I experienced that day. Jesus walked alongside me, embodied in the black and white siblings who surrounded me. The Holy Spirit united our voices as we prayed for justice, truth-telling, and peace. In the world today, the gospel compels us to speak truth to the oppressors and to join with God in seeking justice for all. Trans children and youth across our country are being discriminated against. And even more perilous futures await them if they are separated from their affirming families. Age-appropriate family education that includes sexual orientation is being removed from our schools. Black, Indigenous, Asian, Latine, and all people of color continue to face racism in their everyday lives. Through microaggressions and in big, life-threatening, institutionalized ways as well. And none of this, none of it, is God's hope for humanity. Now, depending on where you live, who you are, and what your life situation is, your holy protest may look different. As a white woman, certain situations are safer for me, while they might be exceedingly dangerous for someone else. You get to decide for your body how you want to engage with the world and what risks you want to take on any given day. And some days... It may be risky enough to just be. And your being is holy and beautiful. On other days or for other people, it may be showing up to work, to school, to church, being your full self. The glorious intersection of race, age, sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, ability, neurodivergency, and economic status that you are, making no apologies for who you are because God loves you just as you are. That is holy and powerful and at times exhausting, but it's all truth-telling. And still on other days and other seasons of life for other people, Holy protest may include picketing outside of courthouses and legislative centers, joining in the call to march when the invitation is offered. It may look like writing and calling your elected officials at the local, state, and federal levels to advocate for change. It may look like setting up a closing closet for the LGBTQIA community in your school, church, or community center. It may look like serving as a big sibling in a youth mentoring program. It may look like being a foster parent or a legal advocate for children and youth. It may be educating yourself to be able to be a better support to the BIPOC and queer folks that are in your life without putting an extra burden on them to educate you. In all of these ways, and many others, we join in the holy protest work of the gospel. Protest and justice-seeking efforts are Jesus-centered marks of faith. 
So on this day, as we remember Palm Sunday, may we be encouraged to enter into God's holy work of protests, however that may look. May we trust that Jesus goes before us and with us as we use our voices and bodies to seek justice for all people, whoever they are. May we know that the Spirit unites us, our actions, and our hearts across the miles, wherever we are. All places together with Jesus, co-creating the kingdom of God. A prayer for protests. Justice seeking God, you took on human form and lived among humanity. Throughout your life, you used your words and actions to care for those who were hurt, hungry, oppressed, and forgotten. When you entered Jerusalem, you were prepared to use your words and actions to protest against evil again, evil in the form of a corrupt government and evil in the form of power of sin and death. You invite us into your holy protest against all that oppresses, dehumanizes, and marginalizes. Each of us embodies this holy protest in a different way, After all, the world needs healing in so many ways. Empower us, protect us, and grant us rest in between. Help us to know when we can push through our fear and when we need to listen to our fear and step back. Mold our anger into constructive action. Remind us your love is always with us wherever our protests take us. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. Easter is next week. All Places Together will be celebrating Easter with our newest mixtape and also with Zoom communion. If you are a first time or regular listener to the podcast, you are welcome to join us. We'll be gathering on Monday, April 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Zoom. Now, you may realize that Easter Sunday is April 17th, but we're waiting to gather on Monday to give space for family and for those of you who might be joining in some traditional worship that day. I'll be sharing the link to Zoom along with some instructions on how to participate via email. So please reach out or register through the link on our Instagram or Facebook if you'd like to join in. You don't have to have had communion before in your life to be a part of this gathering. 
You're also welcome to come if you don't want to take communion. Either of that's fine. You can email me to get on the list or if you have any questions. The email is allplacestogether at gmail.com. That's A-L-L-P-L-A-C-E-S-T-O-G-E-T-H-E-R at gmail.com. I also want to share a word of encouragement to all of the deacons, pastors, interns, and seminary students who listen to All Places Together. I want to encourage you for this upcoming Holy Week. I know it is so much to get done. The sermons, the bulletin details, like the timing of when the lights fade down, and like, where do you hide the lilies so that you can't smell them during Good Friday worship? Like, it's a lot. But remember, God is going to be with you each and every step of the way. Jesus has been and will be resurrected again, no matter what happens. And the Holy Spirit is going to make your sermons fire. So take care of yourself, dear ones. I'm cheering for you. To continue to see All Places Together grow, you can give through our website. Scroll to the bottom where it says Give to All Places Together and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. Thanks to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and supporters like you. We know it can be hard to give financially, so don't forget that we celebrate all of the ways that you share and interact with All Places Together throughout the week, and how you share the stories of All Places Together with other people in your life online and in person. Now, as you may have heard at the end of the previous episode, we are now on TikTok. So if you are on TikTok, please come find us. I'm feeling a little nervous about stepping into being a creator on this app, and it would mean a lot to have some of you there with me. So the handle is at All Places Together, and you can use that to find us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Until next time, remember that God loves you wherever, whoever, and however you are. <laughs>